0: Welcome to Day 152 of Shaped by Word, Season 2, the drama of Scripture. And, of course, we've just witnessed one of the, the grand dramas of Scripture, how all of Israel is rescued by, you know, a young shepherd uh, in the face of the threat of a mighty champion who is bigger than life in every way, I mean, the weapons that he carries, and the stature that he holds, and the intimidation that he brings. And yet, while well, uh, this champion is depending on weapons, you know, of the world, uh, this uh, shepherd is depending on his God to bring about victory. And of course, it is a, a very you know great victory. And so, we continue to witness as we move through the book of Samuel, the uh, uh, the unraveling of of, of Saul, and, and of course, the ascendancy of David. David will not. You know, by any means, be a perfect character as we continue his story. We'll see jealousy. We'll see you know deep uh, lost, deep o- disobedience. You know, come from this man, but he is a man who has a trajectory that always leads him to repentance and leads him back into the presence of God, which makes him a man after God's own heart. So we continue in, in chapter 18 as you continue to see the tension uh, between Saul and David uh, grow. Uh, I'm Paul Kemp, by the way, here with Matt Kresge and Cindy Kemp and mm-hmm. David Keefe as uh, we continue to read together and explore uh, the drama of Scripture and the story of David, which portrays an even greater David to come, our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your your grace and your presence with us. Thank you that in your grace you have given us your word. And in your word you have revealed your heart and character, and through your word, by your spirit, you transform us into the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Father, we confess that uh, we are far from who, who you have called us to be, and we are deeply grateful that you forgive us and you restore us and renew us by your word. And may in this day your word meet us where we are. May we See you, may we see your son. May we, by your spirit, be transformed into the image of the son that you love for your glory. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. First Samuel 18, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him, and he did not let him return to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and he gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul. And sing, with singing and dancing, with joyful songs, with timbrels and with lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but with me, only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre, as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the law. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him a command over a thousand men, and David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter, Merib. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the listening do that. David said to Saul, Who am I, and what is my family or my clan in Israel, that I should become the king's son-in-law? So when the time came for Merib, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel of Mahaloa. Now Saul's daughter, Michael, was in love with David, and when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I'll give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him, and so that the hands of Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Now I have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. And Saul ordered his attendants, Speak to David privately and say, Look, the king likes you, and his attendants all love you. Now become his son-in-law. They repeated these these words to David, but David said, Do you think it's a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I'm only a poor man and little known. When Saul's servant told him what David said, Saul replied, Say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. When the attendants told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. So before the allotted time elapsed, David took his men with him and went out and killed 200 Philistines and brought back their foreskins. They counted the full number to the king so that David might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him, his daughter, Michael, in marriage. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter, Michael, loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. The Philistine commanders continued to go out to battle, and as often as they did, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers, and his name became well known. They have descendancy and ascendancy. Descendancy of... Saul, who has uh, been less than obedient to the Lord, he's, he's lived on partial obedience. He's lived on uh, selective obedience. He's lived on impressing others rather than impressing God and being at the heart of God. And of course, you see this young man who the hand of uh, God is on, and you see the success that you know that the Lord brings him. And it reminds us, you know, if we go back to the Deuteronomy covenant, um, you know, or the covenant you know, that's re. Affirmed in Deuteronomy when they, uh, the Lord brings the people into the land, they said, "When you, when you go into the land and you live in houses you did not build and vineyards you did not plant, and uh, you are given to you know, the great food that you eat and you become fat and satisfied, remember the Lord your God is the one who is giving you the power to possess all of these things." And of course, David is certainly relying on God and on His power and on His presence to win these battles, and the Lord is is, is lifting him up uh, and, and and causing him to be great successful. So you see, uh, I'll come up with a plan. I'll just uh, let my daughters be a snare to him. That, that's a really kind of an awesome kind start of thought. To if he falls in love, maybe we can get him to give himself up in battle. So what are some of the things that you guys are seeing as you read this passage?
1: What a kind of foreshadowing question or, you know, what more can he get but the kingdom? Yeah, I mean, Saul knows mm-hmm. his, his time is mm-hmm. is near, and, and even sensing it, you know, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but he had departed from Saul. And and, and you have to wonder, even just kind of hearing it, and I you know we're kind of getting it from, you know, the kind of commentator's perspective of it, but I mean, how much is, is Saul just thinking in the back of his mind, like, man, yes, I, I remember Samuel telling me that the kingdom will be ripped out of my hands, mm-hmm. and this is the one, you know, and, and and just kind of watching this this division unfold, it was quite clear to him that because of his selective obedience, because of his arrogance and his pride, it is, it, God has now chosen another. So that ascent and descent theme. No, in really and,
0: and, and, and of course, uh, the more you know, the uh, the more the kingdom is taken from him, the more deeply he holds on to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is it is tragic in so many you know so many different so many different ways. Mm-hmm.
1: No, you see, him really seem to be struggling with, you know, because the Lord's already spoken about these things. Like he's just not accepting God's will in so many ways. You know, just kind of like, well, I'm, I, I know what the Lord's going to do, however, or what He's doing, but I'm going to throw spears at David and try to ensnare him, or give him this impossible task to go and get these foreskins from these Philistines, and, and hoping those will take care of these matters and kind of squish God's God's plan. But I mean, they never do, and it just grows him to be more bitter and more antagonistic no. towards david
0: you, you reminded of what you know gamaliel said you know about you know the the disciples of you know if this is not from god it'll come to nothing but if it is from god we'll find ourselves fighting against god and and certainly you know th- that is exactly what you know saul is doing it's a losing battle he's not fighting against david he's fighting against god and of course god is preserving in his sovereignty, preserving his will and his plan and his purposes for Israel and for David and for us, you know, through both Israel and David. So God is, even in these dark hours, working behind the scenes in order to accomplish his purposes and to set a pattern, you know, for us, uh, you know, as well. You, you have to love the song, you know, the ladies are singing, and then that's what really, this is where it really kind of, yeah. you know, turns down. Really, we're not sure, you know, whether uh, David has killed more than just one. Uh, however, mm-hmm. thousands have fallen because of that, you know, singular, in you know, a singular battle. Mm-hmm. And you have to love, you know, the image of uh, David putting all of, uh, you know, uh, Goliath's weapons in his tent. and. Never really letting go of the head of Goliath. He may have carried that around for several days, you know, and showing that. But by the time they even return from battle, the word has so spread that they've made songs. And, of course, the song is to be a compliment, you know, to Saul. Saul has let us and he's killed thousands, but this David guy has killed ten thousands. And, and it very much irritates. And, of course, you know, David's quite wrong when he says, I'm a poor man and not even well known. He he may have been a poor or man. Songs about but he man. was very yeah. well known. Mm-hmm.
1: Can't help but just see that phrase that stands out too that Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David but had departed from Saul. So Saul's just in a situation where, you know, he's he's from a vantage point of where everything is just all his decisions are made in the flesh and everything he's running after is you know some idolatry and power and jealousy and i mean it's just not good <laughs> but yeah the spirit has yeah. left him
0: no and, and, and of course we will always know that uh the ungodly will be in opposition to that you know that which is you know which is godly um and uh you know many times we you know, we will be comfortable, you know, in the world and have the, you know, the pleasure of the world, but ultimately the things of this world are opposed, you know, to the things of God, and there is this uh, unresolvable tension uh, between the things of God and the things of the world, uh, the things we want apart from God and the things we want when we're walking with God. Mm -hmm. And so you see that conflict, you know, coming to fore in Saul and in David. I think you see, too, the grasping of of idols.
1: I mean, the first time we kind of meet Saul... Yeah, he, he seems to be a fairly humble man. He's, he's kind of modest. He's hiding, you know, when, like, the presentation's happening. He's kind of hiding mm-hmm. out. And, and now we're watching him grasp his, his idols and, and, and hang on, mm-hmm. try as much as he can to hang on to, um, you know, his idolatry even says when, when Saul realized the Lord was with David, and he keeps going, you know, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. You know, in order for, mm-hmm. for Saul to hang on, to, to this idol, to this mm-hmm. hope of, of kingdom, when you know, being the king, mm-hmm. he recognizes that David will always be a threat. And rather than being able to to rejoice with David, mm-hmm. you know, or even to honor David in this moment, you know, he sees David as a threat, mm-hmm. and, and he, he must protect his idol at all costs. Can't help but think of the difference between the two kings. Of course, he was the king that the people had asked for and got allowed, and then David was the, the king that David had, I mean, that, that god had chosen david was
0: the uh, king that god chose and again as we go through the story it, it, it that does not imply perfect character it does no. not imply mm-hmm. uh you know complete faithfulness uh you know we're reminded you know in our men's retreat uh, you know this this uh past weekend uh, that, uh that, that there's kind of a mix in the disciples a desire to be committed but but betr- betrayal mm-hmm. a fear and yet joy and of course, worship, and yet doubt, and of course, mm-hmm. even in the very best of men, there, there there's a lot of <coughs> a lot of our fallen character, you know, that remains and, and mm-hmm. resides, and you know, is very disappointing. But the trajectory of David was one of repentance. Whenever his sin is pointed out to him, mm-hmm. you know, he will repent. And of course, that's what makes a person after God's own heart, mm-hmm. not the perfection of character. There is only one, you know, possesses that, and by God's grace, his righteousness is by faith credited to us, his mm-hmm. death by faith is credited to us, and the life that he lives, the renewed life that God has given him through the resurrection is also credited to us by faith. So the real hero of any story is not a David, nor, mm-hmm. nor a Saul, nor the armies of Israel, uh, but the God who has given us grace and who has provided us a rescuer mm-hmm. uh, to bring our hearts and our minds and our lives him so -hmm. it's been a fun week Uh, we hope you'll remember that we've given you some Psalms to read over the weekend you know also as a change of pace as we continue you know to go through through the story and of course nothing more important uh, in the same way we have uh, been in fellowship over the word through the week to be in fellowship you know with with your church to to come to give the gifts of encouragement and to offer you know to our Lord one voice and one heart Magnified in his presence as we worship him together and are encouraged by him and Mm -hmm. encourage each other through him with the gifts he's given us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the community in which we read and interact with your word and how uh, by our gifts we strengthen one another and by our truth and grace we shape one another, our instruments in the Redeemer's hands to shape one another. And uh, we thank you for your presence in us. Be with us as as we worship you uh, and as we come together as your people this weekend. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.